The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So the Irish Farmers Journal today released its annual agribusiness report in association with KPMG. And there's a couple of things in it that I think are relevant to all of us, not just to those who are involved in the agricultural sector, particularly in relation to food prices. We are joined by the report's co-author, the economist Lorcan Roach Kelly. Lorcan, thank you very much for joining us. First of all, food prices. Why do you believe high food prices are here to stay? Thanks for having us on, Matt. I think um, it's kind of a structural issue, more as we're talking in this agri-food report. We're looking at kind of structural issues in farming, of where we've come from for the last 10, 15 years and where we're going to go to the next 10, 15 years. And we're right now, we really feel like we're at a pivot point for a structural change for Irish farming. Up till now, I suppose, for the last 10, 15 years, we've seen this kind of idea with food prices that we want more and we want the cheaper. It's where we've been. We saw with the abandonment of... Um, milk quotas back in two, 10 years ago, there's a big push for production. That has turned around in the last three or four years, and particularly with legislation that's come in in the last year, we've seen that what people want is sustainably produced food. And that's great, great for the environment, but sustainably produced food means less food per hectare of land. And in Ireland, our land, we're land use, we're using our land almost to maximum capacity right now. So we produce less per acre, that basically means less food out of Ireland. Okay, so automatically less food means higher prices. Generally, if, if you they, you can submit food from from outside Ireland, obviously you can start importing food or export a lot of food. But like the one thing we've noticed is like the world population hasn't gone up. What's happened in Ireland is being echoed across Europe on the sustainability side. We're seeing some of the coming some of the other markets we deal with. So there will still be food available. There will be cheap food available. But there, at the moment, the competition for that food is going to increase. So even the cheapest food in the world is going to get more expensive as we go forward. But should we really be reducing food output from Ireland if other parts of the world, because of changing climatic conditions, are finding it more difficult to actually produce because uh, of soil issues, climate issues, whatever, that maybe it's countries like Ireland actually need to be producing more for the world? Um, you're certainly seeing it from my hint sheet now, Matt. Yes. No, I think it's like with the last February turn of the meeting with the European Commissioner last week in Brussels and he said Ireland is like the poster child for sustainably produced food and we really are kind of ahead of a lot of work because we, we rely on rain and sunlight and grass to produce a lot of the protein that comes out of Ireland but because of the national level goals on and environmental goals like Ireland's got her uh, climate action plan at the moment 25% reduction in emissions by 2030 and a lot of that emissions reduction is being pushed to lower production we look at a push for a lot more organic farming which is great but it is again lower production so we could say Ireland could be a great producer of very low-impact food, but that's on a global scale. On a national scale, we have to kind of take account of how much we're producing ourselves. And that, I think, is the big trade-off that we're looking at right now, what this whole magazine, this report is about, what the, the kind of the unintended consequences of that trade-off are. OK, but do you see us producing less dairy product going into the future? I think what's one of the big things that the dairy market in 2022 was almost a unique situation where there was, there was a lot of the dairy price shut up, the input costs also shut up. But we saw like the dairy farmers now this year are looking at they're taking over more land because they've got some cash in hand and they're, they're um, leasing land that previously would have gone into tillage. So the Irish crop cover in 2023 is lower than 2022 despite government goals to get crop cover increased year on year in 2030. And so far, dairy farmers are trying to not increase production but maintain production because we've nitrate directives coming in and they're here this year and be, that they'll be re- re- reviewed fairly soon and once they review that means dairy farmers basically should be able to have fewer cows per hectare so it's look at it again it's an expansion of area without an expansion of production 
So is it an inevitability that there will be a significant reduction in the amount of cattle in this country? Well, I think if you look at beef cattle numbers in this country, the reduction has already happened. It's been happening for the last five years. But I think it's almost an inevitability. We see what policy is. But one thing we need to have, and this is something that reporters really pushing for as well, is we need to have a kind of a joined-up policy, a kind of a, a holistic view of what we want from Irish agriculture, how much food we want to produce, what way we want that food produced, and have kind of, because at the moment we have three or four this was conflicting ideas of what agriculture is and we need to maybe have like an idea of what agriculture needs to be and how much protein needs to produce and what way that needs to be produced and the cost effectiveness of that because right now one of the big problems we have with food in Ireland is we have very few farmers coming into the industry because they look at the Irish farm industry and said I don't want to deal with this the average age of a farmer in Ireland is 59 years old a third of farmers are over 65 that doesn't look like a sustainable business model even from that side from the demographic side so there's a lot of work to do to make sure farming is sustainable here we're going to have John Gibbons on a little bit later for our weekly environment spot. One of the things we had planned talking to him about was the vote of the European Parliament today in relation to the future of biodiversity, which seems to have been deferred until a later date. How do you think that that is going to impact on our agricultural use of land in Ireland? I think the nature restoration law is obviously a fairly controversial piece of legislation for a lot of people, farmers in Ireland because it is, I suppose it does the thing where you're telling people what to do with their land which is always going to be difficult for people in Ireland to do but the, the idea of being told what to do with your land is, is never going to go well here. But there is, it, is kind of, it is, I suppose, more a symptom of the, the legislative and the, the, the regulatory regime we're in right now where everything is pushing towards that. If it's not the nature restoration law that's going through Europe, the next common agricultural policy is going to be very much aimed towards sustainability and not production. So it's kind of, it's another, I suppose, bow and the arrow in the quiver of what's, um, what's coming down the track. So it's what we're looking at again. Like if you're going to re 150,000 acres of land in Ireland, that land is no longer available for farming. If the land that's left is be less intensive, then again, less food production. So does that suggest that we have reached perhaps peak agriculture in Ireland? Yes, I, I think very much that I, I said this at the launch yesterday, I think 2022, we will look back in 10, 15 years time at 2022 and say that was peak agricultural output for Ireland. I don't think we're going to get those numbers again fair to see how we can get that production again. There could be innovations, there could be technical solutions, they'll finally get back up again, but right now everything is looking at we peaked. But that then suggests though, that we'll become even more reliant on food imports and that we will be uh, more prone to price shocks that might come because of shortages of supply. I think that's something we all learned um, a very important lesson of last year followed the Russian invasion of Ukraine that, that like, like if ships of grain aren't leaving Odessa then it does affect the food price in Ireland and the, the global um, I suppose the just-in-time global supply chain that was there is under pressure and it's, it's not very, very um, resistant to shocks so I think like it is if the more food we import the more likely we are to have shocks in food prices it's simple as that I've been asking a lot about output from the farms but can we compensate for that through added value food and drink products? Well, Ireland is very, very good at doing added value. Like some of the major PSCs come out of Ireland, like Kerry and Lobby, are just, they're very good at adding value to protein and selling protein overseas at very high margins. They, they're, like, the Irish agri-food industry is incredibly innovative and we're really good no matter what is coming off the land. They'll make money and they're very good at figuring out ideas how to do that. I think the, the, the issues that we really see are how do the people that actually are custodians and the farmers, how do they make a living? And that's where the problems are going forward, what we say. And one final one, I didn't really get into it earlier when we were talking about the price of food, but another 
input factor in the shops and such, labour costs. How do you perceive those progressing and how is that going to impact on what we pay in our shops and supermarkets for our food and drink? I'll give you one sort of labour cost data. At the average dairy farm, sorry, beef farm in Ireland earned a sucker for earned less than ten thousand euros last year. A lot of people that are in farming are farming not so much for to make a profit; they're doing to, to, for the love of the land, almost because of what they've always done. So I think labour costs in dairy farming maybe are there, but I think the problem with dairy farming right now is hard to attract labour in at all. And again, this comes back to the problem with getting people into the, into the industry. The industry needs to do some work on that as well. But sorry, then how about the actual labour costs further down the line in the grocery sector? Well, yeah, that loves, obviously any, any cost in, in the supply chain will feed into the final price of food. That's, I, think, I don't think supermarkets are going to start eating costs because they want to so, keep people cheaper food. So to finish, Lorcan Roach Kelly of the Irish Farmers Journal, despite all the publicity about price cutting by some supermarkets recently on selected lines of products, is the takeaway from this that our food prices have become more expensive and they're going to stay more expensive. They're going to stay more. I think like there, there, is a structural, there are structural issues at play here that are pointing towards food prices getting more expensive. Like it's, it's, it's like you can have yeah, companies do short-term, um, I suppose, loss leaders to get people back in the store and to get some good headlines, but the structural issues can't be avoided. Lorcan Roach-Kelly of the Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you. That full report in conjunction with KPMG is in the current edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-